Dane and Derek is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. You can find content warnings in the episode description. Thank you for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dane and Derek. My name is Derek. I make a lot of movies and I play a lot of tabletop games. And joining me as always is my good friend, Dane. Hey, I'm Dane. Um, I'm a writer. Uh, ooh, you know what's crazy? By the time this release, maybe not this one, but by the time this batch of episodes releases, uh, I will be an official law student. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's finally it's finally happening. I can't um, believe summer vacation's over. <laughs> summer vacation is over, uh, as is my god-awful, well, it wasn't, no, it was pretty god-awful. My, my job before. I did not uh, care for it um, by the end. Um, I can some, imagine. There were a few wonderful people I worked it with over the time I was there, but, you know, like. Like you any know, job. Like any job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there but comes I, a time. This is true. Uh, but I also do music and podcasts, and I love tabletop RPGs to death. Yeah. And today, two of our favorite things get to intersect. They do. Probably for the first time since the year. Well, since the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that is, we are talking about the new trailer that just dropped at Comic-Con for Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Yeah. Starring Chris Pine. Starring Chris Mich- Pine. Michelle Rodriguez. Um, oh, Hugh Grant. A mm-hmm. bunch of other, uh, J- Justice Smith. A lot of cool people in this movie. Yeah. I'm very excited. Are you excited? I'm more excited than I should be based off of like <laughs> track records of things because, okay, we love tabletop RPGs. We both have a love for D&D, despite some of my harsh criticisms of 5e, like, you know, but like um, I'm playing a game on Sunday of like strict 5e and I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, we've both loved. I think, honestly, I can say I've loved all five editions, really, truly um yeah i I have i have some favorites you know like i have really great memories Mm -hmm. with four but i hate the system yeah um three and three five are probably a little too cumbersome but they're (laughs) really important and i also have good memories with yeah them uh first second advanced whatever it's messy you know i i would argue that after five either the best ones yeah um and there's yeah. a lot of merit to them, but they're also really hard to play um, unless you get some of the, like the, the retro clones that are out these days, which I'm kind of considering doing. Anyways, those games are great. Um, the video games and movies and television shows that have been made from D&D and most of the books, too, let's be honest. Um, mm. They're pretty fucking bad. Yeah, it's a pretty um, wide spectrum. Like... Like, yeah. And the thing is, like, they're good at a certain age, but then they, they don't age very well. Like, no. And I think that's that's the thing, right? A lot of these movies, like, like a lot of these movies and a lot of these novels came out during a very particular time period of fantasy, which is like the 90s, which is like late 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Yeah. Which is just like a very strange period for the genre itself because 
you've got it you're in your post conan barbarian but you're pre lord of the rings you're pre lord of the rings and you're pre game of thrones yeah and you're pre witcher too yes yes so you're you're basically pre the widespread love of the genre that we've had over the last decade especially over the silver in the silver and small screen for sure yes definitely Um, i will also credit uh the mcu um, yeah and star wars both yeah. with at least getting people more comfortable with um with with genre fiction you know yes definitely um i have so so there's some there's some exceptions right like mm-hmm. as far as adaptations of D goes um which is one i will say the dragon lance novels are well, not amazing, like truly amazing or anything. I would say they're the best of oh, all really? the. Yeah, yeah, they're they're like a lot of people have love for Dritz, um, yeah. and those novels and whatnot. But like the Dragonlance, I I think can at least hang with some of like Brandon Sanderson and and um, Jordan's work. You know, like okay, not, yeah. not not better than or even quite as good in, but like can hang in the same room as without like embarrassing itself, so to speak. Um, yeah, I think something about the so 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 here's 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 like my kind of view of it, right? There, there's like mm-hmm. the high fantasy D and D novels, yeah. And there's like the low fantasy D and D novels, and then there's like yeah. that weird mid fantasy YA. Yeah, D and D novels and a lot, and Dragonlance falls into like the high fantasy category. Dritz yeah. kind of falls. Dritz, I guess, now is high fantasy, but I think it started more in low fantasy, that more sword and sorcery esque approach. Yeah, um, yeah. A uh, lot of the Eberron novels are like YA novels, basically. Totally. You know, I think the reason that Dragonlance works in a way that most of them don't is because. I think it's so much about the setting, if that makes sense. Like Dragonlance is one of the very few settings that is so dense that I'm like, Mm -hmm. you don't need, this is not like, it's beyond like it's Dragonlance is beyond like, uh, this is a bunch of like set dressing for your game and on to like, yeah, this is just, it, it, it almost feels like, uh, with Dragonlance, the the setting um, came first, and got and D and D got to do an adaptation of it. Um, mm. In fact, you know what? Hold on, give me one second. I need to look up Dragonlance. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd I'm, definitely be curious when the setting came out because it is Dragonlance is definitely like in terms of D and D settings, right? You've got Greyhawk, Dragonlance, and then Faerun or the Forgotten Realms, which. Probably there's the three most, and there's a lot of them, but yeah, Dragonlance yeah, but those is are way probably, up there. Yeah, the the three, the first three I listed are probably the most popular and most recognizable. With mm-hmm. Dragonlance and Forgotten Realms kind of being the the top two, I would, say. I would I would argue that they're probably top two, which is super interesting. The fact that they haven't done anything official with Dragonlance yet, they there's are, rumors of it. Like yeah, there's well, like Unearthed Arcana coming out, but aren't they yeah, and aren't they doing a Magic the Gathering set with it? They might eventually be. I was going to say the other um, adaptation uh, that's probably any good uh, is the most recent uh, magic set from D&D, which is Baldur's Gate. 
um, oh, commander, yeah. which was a really good choice because like it let them do a lot of like fun, famous characters and a lot of the flavor and it's fun. It's a, it's a good set. Um, I, I think Yeah, yeah. So it's a shared universe that basically was um that that got turned into a series of fantasy novels. Um gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And then and, and it I it seems like it's one of the very few ones that was like not was not quite a a a D and D setting first that these things happen simultaneously. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, anyways, um, yeah. So there's just there's not a lot out there. So I'm like I said, getting back to your original question from like minutes ago, I'm pretty excited despite thinking like the track record is bad. The track record is really really yeah. bad, and I. <laughs> I have a theory about it. If you want uh-huh. to hear it, go for it. Maybe even more than video games. D and D I think is unbelievably hard to adapt. <clears throat> yes. Um, and we've talked about this before, but my theory of a, of a good adaptation is not direct one for one. Um, recreation, but is the capturing of the, uh, proper, tone uh message and meaning of the original work uh into a new medium which is why i think the lord of the rings films work is because i think they do a very good job of capturing the heart of the story and its meaning and it's why i think uh the recent green knight film did a pretty bad job because i don't think it captured the meaning of the legend really at all um Mm -hmm. so if we kind of get down to it, in my opinion, D and D what's the heart of it. It's not the monsters. I'm afraid. Um, though the trailer had some really cool shots of some of the monsters. Um, it's the creation of your own story with your friends. Mm -hmm. And that is so fucking hard. (laughs) Yeah. To adapt into any other medium. Exactly, because how do you capture, how do you strike that balance, right? Without, you know, like, I've I've spent probably weeks and months of my life thinking about how to do a good D&D movie. Mm-hmm. And I think the struggle, the, the problem I always come back to is how do you not involve the players in the story, right? Because to do it just straight up, it's the characters telling a story is really difficult, right? Like, arguably, the best adaptation that we've had prior to this new movie, which, who's to say, is the Critical Role animated series, right? Because... Ugh, yeah, probably, actually. Be- yeah, and, and because, like, it's like you understand the players and the dynamic and the mythology of the players playing the game, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's weird to say that Critical Role has mythology, but it kind of does, and you it understand does- that. And to be and honest, then, there are there are official five E critical role supplements. Yeah. So it's about and, as official as it gets. Exactly. And then the thing is like because you know, like, oh, it's Matt Mercer, you know, Travis Willingham, 
Marisha Ray doing their thing. You know, I, I, Sam Regal. Oh goodness. I can't remember all their names. Liam. Uh, I'm not a big enough fan. I cannot help you. Um, It goes Matt Mercer and then I, and then I stop. Um, But basically like the whole gang, right? (laughs) Yeah. They, you know, their characters translate to the screen and you're there for it and you watch it. And it's, it's, it's fun because you know that, oh, these were real D and D adventures that happened. And so in a way it still captures the essence of players playing the game. It's why actual play in a podcast format is such an incredible way to adapt D&D, right? Because yeah. you, you get the meta narrative and the in-game narrative and you can do both things. You can capture the experience of playing at the table and crafting your own story while also having a story that people can get really invested in. To do that right. in a movie without having some like cut back to reality kind of thing which, you know, like in college like, my my friend Trevor and I did a fan film where we did that. And it, and it yeah. it works. It's a way to do it, but that's not right. It's right. difficult. Like I think about like <laughs> Harmon's quest and I think about yeah. like, um, uh, fucking like the, every, every, like the guild ton. Yeah. Tons Mythic of quest. tons. Yeah. Tons of shows also have like the D and D episode, you know, yeah. like community has oh, the D and D episode, yeah. which is a really good D and D episode, but mm-hmm. it's all typically when done well, the meta narrative is involved. And so like, what I'm looking at with this movie coming up is like, okay, okay. It's probably not going to be that there's no hint of that in the trailer. Um, you know, and, and so like, is this going to be a fantasy movie that, that plays with a lot of the things that D and D owns? Like, beholders or like ancient gold dry like there are like trappings that they get to play with right yeah which i think and and my hope is that it's just a fun rollicking good time one thing i'm 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 more hopeful about as opposed to say the early 2000s movie um is this does not seem to take itself very seriously no um which i like yes i would be sad if there was no heart to it um, cause like my, my only other hope is like, okay, if you can't capture the meta narrative thing, then the next thing you could capture is the, the sort of stories that tend to come out of D and D, which is there needs to be a certain level of absurdity, like, yeah. and bullshit, like mm-hmm. just like there, like there needs to be something on screen where like, I'm like, yeah, that's a nat one and that's a nat 20. That doesn't make much sense, but but raw luck, you know, like you need some of the absurdity and the humor and an eventual like emotional cathartic payoff, right? Like, yeah, to use for the thousandth time, you and I's very favorite campaign we ever played together. It started with you guys all as maniacal, like very classically evil, like mm-hmm. murder hobo characters who by the end, Ryan was upset with you um for potentially killing someone he cared about right right like there has that, to be that kind of an arc yeah because some of the arc of D is like there's the part of it where we're all fucking around and there's the part of it where you get invested yeah and so like if it's all jokes and good times and action it'll be missing something but it yeah. also doesn't seem to have like the grimdark lord of the rings like 
we are serious fantasy movie. Correct. Um, because it's like. like, yeah, because I'm like, yeah, Lord of the Rings can pull that off. Game of Thrones can too. You know, uh, even The Witcher can. Um, though The Witcher, I think, has much more room for humor. Um, and that's not to say that Game of Thrones uh, and Lord of the Rings don't have moments of true levity and humor. Merry and Pippin, Tyrion, Lannister, right? Like those characters have a lot of like mirth to them. Um, but they are, none of those worlds have the absurdity that is, and this is a thing that took pretty center stage in that trailer, an owl bear, right? Yeah. An owl bear, well, a very scary monster in, a, in some sense, like that, that'd be a terrifying thing. Like owls are vicious predators. And what if it was big enough, you know, to be a bear, um, to be a bear. That's, uh, but also it's a silly motherfucking thing. Displacer yeah. beasts are silly fucking thing. It's like it's a mm-hmm. panther with squid tentacles and illusions. It's like, ooh, it's like, okay, okay, this is silly. Yeah, but like, no, yeah, it's definitely got from the trailer, right? It definitely gives a good vibe of like this is a story about people trying to fix a mistake they made, right? Which I think yes. is is really key to Dungeons and Dragons. It's a mm-hmm. it's a low fantasy kind of trope of these are people trying to fix a mistake. Sure, the end of the world could happen, but it's really more about people trying to fix a mistake. Yes, I appreciate that the characters seem to be fuck ups to a certain extent, yeah. especially Chris um, Chris Pine. uh, Chris Pine's character. Yeah, um, who's the bard? Which I think also was a good choice. Like I was like, yeah, make the bard the the lead. The, that's yeah, that's which smart. Kind of wild, but kind of great because the bard yeah. is a catch all. The bard um, is a catch all. The bard also. You can have Chris Pine be this very chari- very charismatic as he is, right? Yeah. Um, and have everyone who's a fan of this already be like, yeah, that's exactly right. Of course, Chris Pine would be the bard, yes. right? Like, there are so few Hollywood actors who would be the main character who, like, believably I'd be like, yeah, that's a fighter who dumped his charisma. Sure. You know, like, but if you make him the bard or... It also lets him be funny and light as opposed to being like another charisma class, like a paladin or sorcerer or a warlock, all of which requires a certain amount of seriousness yes. uh, on it's average. A very, yeah, it's got that roguish charm that he has, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. great. You know, Chris yeah. Pine would always would probably be a good Robin Hood, and this is the probably the closest we'll ever get to that. Um. Yes, <laughs> I, I also think they made a good choice, like you were talking about, with having them have made a mistake. They're not heroes, yeah, seemingly right. Well, because that's the thing, right? Like D anD D, you're not, you're never a hero at level one. You you're never a hero, hero at level one, and also like it is as often that you will play these weird bumbling, like. I have never played in a full and good uh, campaign of D&D where everyone started out as like trying to be a like Lord of the Rings character, you know, like um, that is not what the system really allows for. And I think that actually has a lot to do with how it was originally conceived back in like the Gygaxian era where it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're all digging around and looting things and fighting stuff and like the saving the world and like doing good is not an accident or a but almost a byproduct or like in despite of you know like 
And so I think it's nice to have that different setup. Yeah. I, and so yeah. it's like, it's a, it's a good choice. Um, so yeah, what I, what I'm getting from this trailer is like, they're making a lot of the right choices and I could foresee it being like a pretty solid fantasy movie with a lot of D and D trappings, but also like a part of me will also feel it might feel just a little bit like, man, I wish this was just an original thing, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah. also maybe, maybe that's the, the best way to look at it is that this is a potential original fantasy film that is relying on a brand name because it's a big tentpole Hollywood film, right? Like, yep. It's relying on a brand name uh, that does not have, interestingly, does not have any baggage associated with it. Yeah, in, especially in the sense, now. Yeah, in the sense especially of like, now. in the sense of like, if you're doing like the, like with like the new Witcher show, like, well, then you got to follow the story, right? Yeah. They are free to tell whatever story they want. Right. It's, it's not like they're doing the Legend of Dritz or the Dragonlance Chronicles. No. You know, so no, they're not. It's completely at all. original by that by that stance. Right, which lets them do the thing that I, an IP, an already existing IP lets them do, which is attract a much more reliable audience. Yeah. Um and but at the same time, like they're not bound by any particular story and the lore is flexible, right? Like it seems to me that like they're doing forgotten realms um, because yeah. it seems like there's a wizard from the red mages oh, in there. Yeah, yeah. Like it seems like there's some stuff, but like who fucking cares? Right. Yeah. Like, or knows. Yeah. Like I'm like, yeah, I guess Dritz is sort of the hero of that world and there's others and whatnot. And like, I know that I think Tasha exists and like stuff, but I'm also like, but there isn't a hero of these worlds because that's not the point of the, right. this can just be a story. And so like, that's where my hope lies. Yeah. Um, my fear is that uh, D and D requires a lot of um, world building in terms of how things work mechanically, like in terms yeah. of like, I'm like, yeah, he's got a loot, but he's clearly a bard. Um, maybe he's a rogue, but that they wouldn't have made a whole deal out of the loot otherwise. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And bards are magic. Okay. How are we going to explain that? And the difference between wizards and sorcerers and warlocks. And there's definitely a druid here. So there's that. <laughs> and like, God, hell, I, I'm pretty sure one of them's a paladin. So I'm like, okay, so we got it. Like, I'm like, that's a lot of magic systems to try and fucking explain. Um, yeah, I, I, here, here's the thing though. I think the biggest difference between any D and D movie that comes out now versus any D and D movie that came out 20 years ago, because mm -hmm. it's been 20 years since the yeah. last, since since the very first like D and D live action movie. Yeah, I think. The biggest difference is that D&D &D is now pretty widespread. It has a significantly larger following, and in some ways it is a groundwork and a framework that a lot of people on a base level understand. In you know, Even if they don't play as regularly, they probably understand a little bit. Because there's a lot of people that just 
listen to actual plays or that watch live streams of D&D who don't play. And yeah. so the understanding is there compared to back then. And it's kind of funny, right? Because the first D&D movie also has a thief for a main character, also deals with a thief character that uh, steals something for the wrong person and, 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 ends, and ends up bringing about the end of the world. Um the, but if there's one thing I hope that they do right in this is that it doesn't just turn into like, you know, zero to a thousand and Star Wars in like a very bad kind of homage sense. Mm-hmm. I hope it kind of takes the, the the track of like of of dealing more with the mistakes the characters have made versus it becoming about the end of the world, because I think that that's truly what will set it apart from other fantasy films is if it really hones in on the characters that they've created, which, you know, as we've discussed, the characters are very complicated because they're pretty much an all caster party. Um, <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. Seems that way. Uh, and, I think yeah. there's a fighter in there. I think. Yes. Michelle Rodriguez, I yes. think, or maybe barbarian. They'll probably one of the two, Either or. which, which will be exciting. I think, like i don't know i'm excited i'm excited because it feels like a lot it feels like a fun movie to watch like it does feel fun and you know that complaint i was just leveling of like that's all the magic systems i'm like yeah but that only works for anybody who doesn't know anything about D and so like right. i'm considering i'm sitting in the position of like a purse like i'm trying to put myself in like the the shoes of the audience member who knows yeah. nothing and yeah. i'm also kind of like coming at it and i'm like yeah but it's a dungeons and dragons movie it doesn't yeah, need to stand it's, on its own. It doesn't yeah. stand on its own, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <sighs> so here's my question. Yeah, what are some things you hope will be in the movie? Um, <sighs> I can go first if uh, you need a moment to think. You, yeah, you go first. I, I might need. A, I might need a second here. So I really want a dungeon crawl with lots of traps because that's a really easy way to show off all the classes using their skills and making those ability checks. Mm-hmm. Also, there's nothing better than like a fun like thief dungeon where thieves have to do thief things, which is also a reference to the first movie. The yeah. first that it's the only good scene in the first movie, in my opinion, is the thief dungeon where the main character, played by Justin Whalen, I think his name's Ridley, which is an homage to Ridley Scott. I think he mm-hmm. has to like do a bunch of like di- ducking and diving and swinging through traps, Indiana Jones style. And anything Indiana Jones style is a lot of fun. I, yeah, yeah. I I also hope there's a uh, uh, a treasure room scene like in Willow. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Because that's like a great scene where Val Kilmer as Mad Mardigan finds all the loot, which is like every player's dream. And when it does happen, it's incredible. Um, there's nothing like a good third act. We got new armor, w- slow motion walking scene. Um, Fair. <laughs> they do it in um, Lord of the Rings. They they, they do it in uh, any fantasy thing. And I guess lastly, um, I would love just like at some point for a character to go critical hit. <laughs> Fair. Um, anyway, that's it. Okay, so I'm I'm struggling with this still because uh, the main thing I would want the trailer has already shown me, which is the monsters. I really want the monsters to be, uh. and not not to just like rely on things people already have a much the broadest audience would have a fairly good recognition of a red dragon, uh, 
a goblin or an orc, maybe a troll sort of thing. They're already clearly mm-hmm. going with weirder shit, you know? Um, the owl bear, the displacer beast, both already showed up on, on screen. Um, <clears throat> the black dragon, as yeah. well as I can't, I think it might be a bronze that we see in later on and maybe a red as well. The diversity mm-hmm. of dragons is super cool. Um, yeah. So like all of that is already there. Um, and so the one thing I really want to make sure I, I, I want to see the chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to somehow depict. Uh, and I think maybe the, 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 the best example of this in the same way that like Indiana Jones stuff is always fun. Um, putting aside the controversy around Johnny Depp, um, well-earned com- controversy, let's say um, Jack Sparrow stuff is super fun. Uh, and what I mean by Jack Sparrow stuff is Jack Sparrow is the like King character of, um, improbable, not impossible. Right. Like, Uh, and I want that feeling in, right? Like how many, yeah, the swashbuckling, but also the fact that many, many times in that series of films, Jack Sparrow will kick a thing and then go flying all around. And it's like, doesn't seem like like it's like that would never work yeah but it, it works in this moment and for it's this very person D&D. it's very D like um you know and it's stuff like that that i would really really love to see um it's, it's just improbable no, no. things a lot of like luck involved and i think chris pine's character could be a very good vehicle for it Yes, um, I, that's probably why they made him the bard because the bard can do enough of everything and is enough of like a I'll put it this way. The Bard is a very, like, Wesley kind of class, like from Princess Bride. Yes, yes. There is there is a fair amount of, like, Wesley-ness of, like... Yeah, and I, um, and, and I think that'd be pretty, pretty sick. Yeah, <laughs> Princess Bride is the other film that I would say has a lot of that, like, just not probable, but fun. You know, yeah. like, there's that thing that sometimes people talk about with D&D is, like, the rule of cool. Yeah. Um, I want to see some rule of cool, but not in the sense of like uh power game or badassery, but just in the sense of like someone trying some bullshit and sometimes it working and sometimes it just not like, I'd love it as much for like Chris Bynes character to do something bonkers uh, that succeeds as I'd love for any of the other characters uh, as well to have moments of just like they're doing something they should be able to do very well. And then the axe head of the weapon breaks off. Yeah. Just, and now they have to deal with that. Right. Wait, like, yeah, no. Yeah. Wait real quick. Mm-hmm. What is your definition of the rule of cool? My definition of the rule of cool is basically that like, um, if someone comes up with like a very improbable or very interesting idea, um, that's very cool, but there aren't like strict rules for it in the, um, in the game. I'll usually let them try it as long as it's feasible within whatever setting we've, we've set up. Like if it's a very Uh, swashbuckling high fan, like not high fantasy, but like high High flying flying, uh, sort of game. Like if someone's like, I want to do a Jack Sparrow thing, I will let that happen. Um, And in the same way, like I'll probably still make you roll dice, but I'll be like, go for it, please. You know, uh, in the same way that like, you're like, can I hit it with the shovel? I'm like, yes, yes, you can. Yeah. You know, like we'll figure out how much damage a shovel does when you hit, you know, like, um, (laughs) oh, it's, it's like, uh, when you shot uh, the wizard with an arrow tied to a rope to save him, 
yeah fine like that's that's, that's funny i yeah, love yeah. i love that oh, yeah. image it's fun um in more serious games i will awful, often like be like someone's like does this work as like the i do xyz to solve this like puzzle situation or like difficult mm-hmm. situation and it's not the thing i came up with as like the straightforward solution that i thought of but if it makes enough sense to me and it's cool enough and they really put the thought into it i will often say yes um interesting so on the flip side, mm-hmm. I, pro- I should probably rename this rule because I also have a rule of cool, but it's yeah. the rule of cool being that anything you want to be cool will never be cool in D&D because of the chaos. So you can't expect to be cool uh, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because you see. just make a fool out of yourself if you come in with a really angsty character that's like, I have a mysterious backstory. It's never cool, which I think... <laughs> I should probably re- rename to the don't take yourself too seriously rule, which I think mm-hmm. like we discussed with the trailer, it seems like they're taking that approach, which is good because yes. So, yes. Like, we, we've also talked about it, how so much of the fantasy we love doesn't take itself seriously. So much of the fantasy that we've made, like in terms of the work we've done, doesn't take itself seriously. And there's not enough of that out there. I do think that there's an important balance though. Yeah. It's like, I would look at like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies especially Ah, the first two those Mm -hmm. movies do not take themselves very seriously in certain ways right like yeah you know like if you listen to the green goblin it's very silly but you know what it does do a lot of heart yeah it's operatic it's operatic um it's it's very tricky right like it's very very tricky to um to 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 like walk that line between like because something that i often find i don't like is there are some marvel films not all of them to be clear but a a fair number that do not take themselves seriously to the point of i don't no longer care because you no longer care about your own story yeah it's Um, like self-deprecation humor at a certain point it's just kind of sad yeah yeah like where i'm like am i watching like what I don't want to go to this movie and walk out was like, oh, it was D&D themed Monty Python. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Right? And like, yeah. I will say, like, maybe the master of this is Princess Bride. Like, Princess Bride walks that line, walks right up to the line of parody. Like, right up yeah. to it. And then somehow manages to pull the fuck back and be like... It ro- yeah, it gets you invested, which is really difficult. Yeah. And so, like... I, I, it's, which is always super impressive, right? And yeah. like, not every film manages it all the time, right? Like, I think about the two towers once in a while um, with uh. this, which are where I'm like, okay, the two towers is great. And you know what scene I hate the most in it? Like, I love the two towers. I hate Legolas sliding down the fucking stairs. I hate it so much. Really? I uh. hate that scene. But you know what uh. I do love? I love him and Gimli's, um, kill count competition okay right because like for me i'm like it feels like the right amount of levity i need in this film and then it just takes a step too far and i'm like i i didn't need that like i didn't need that like um and so like i i feel like there's this it's this constant balancing act right where i'm like yeah i don't think there's enough of like uh uh, like breath of fresh air in like something like game of thrones i, I really yeah. don't um i'm currently reading uh the earth sea cycle Ooh. Um, by ursula k Le Guin for the first time in a yeah. long time and like 
it's a very it's a series that takes itself very seriously actually um but also um like there's not a lot of jokes um there's uh there's some dry like humor in there for sure but those stories to me feel very um there's a mythic quality to them and Mm. also like clearly she came in with like intended purpose and meaning in the stories um and so like some of it to me is like oh okay like and this is like this is so hard right and this is why audiences are impossible to please you know like you need to know your own story right like is it the sort of story you need to take fully seriously in order to make your make your message compelling or do you need it to or are you like really trying to entertain at which point like yeah you can't you can't sit there and like ask people to take this very silly game movie seriously but you also like don't want them to walk out of the theater feeling like they watched a parody when they weren't told that it was a parody, right? Because when you go and watching Monty Python and the Holy Grail, like I'm never disappointed because I'm like, yeah, I'm not here for this to like move me or like make an emotional yeah. connection. I'm here to laugh. Right. Like exactly. And so like my biggest hope or one of my big hopes for this film is that it knows what it's doing. Yeah. Um, Which to that, the directors did the film game night. If you've seen that, I have not. No. It's a really fun movie that is very humorous and goes off the rails. And I would recommend watching it. Okay. Uh, it's I and I think I think that that alone, like they're good directors, and so I I think I think if anything, right, we will get a pretty good movie, right? And it will be like it it might not be the Lord of the Rings. It doesn't have to be. I don't want it to be. It, but it also it, it it might but it also I don't think it'll be like Warcraft you know no um, I, I I think it'll land in the sweet spot between the two and I think that'll open up the the gateway for more for a resurgence of the genre in film you know yeah it's one of the hardest genres to get greenlit because it's, it's just so expensive it's expensive and it's also it's so easy to land poorly. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I will say fantasy and science fiction, just genre films are so easy to just land badly. Yeah. You know, like the Prince of Persia movie comes Ugh. to mind. Um, yeah. Or Seventh Son or and, and like and the thing is, like a lot of these movies, they're not necessarily bad movies. They're just, you know, like they just don't hit well with audiences. Right. Yeah, like yeah, and, and and that's the unfortunate part. Like they're just all right to pretty good, and I'm hoping that this is pretty good to great, right? Yeah, and I feel like I feel like there's just there's so few films in these genres that hit so well that people think that that's the only way to do it, and they like lean really heavily on it, right? Like Lord yes. of the Rings hits well, so like okay, so, so is that the fantasy people want? And the answer is sort of what they yeah, want sometimes but not of. all the times but like the thing about it is is like i think sometimes people want fantasy to be one thing and yes. it's really not um yes 
right? Because like I'll say that the, the genre of romance includes both Fifty Shades of Grey and Pride and Prejudice. It, you know, right. and that's it, yeah. I'm like, uh, how how do you uh, define that? How do you, like if you yeah. made both of those? If you if you made both of those into films, which has been done on both cases, and you made them the same way, it would never work, right? Like either way, like if you made Pride and Prejudice try and have the tone of Fifty Shades of Grey, or vice versa, it fucking suck. Um, and I think that's like part of the problem is that there are just so few examples from people for people to draw on. Right. Um, you know, like as opposed to say like an action, broad action films, right? Like mm-hmm. Die Hard works, that tone works, uh, the John Wick tone works, the, you know, like there's all these variations on it so that people feel like, no, no, if it's just an action movie, people can hop in. And I, I have a similar hope as well. Um, because like certain things have been opened, like Lord of the Rings opened a door, Game of Thrones opened a different door, Uh, Princess Bride opens another, um, though that one I fear is falling a little by the wayside. Um, but also like, what about like the never ending story, right? Mm. Like there are these other films that I remember from the eighties not that I saw them and I'm too, too young for them, but like yeah. Uh, yeah. films that were shown to me in. Right. And, and I just feel like I, I'm, I worry that sometimes people don't know what to do with these things and don't trust that, like make the story that it needs to be. It just happens to also be a fantasy. So yeah. follow the tone, follow the, like, there's a reason that the modern Hobbit films suck and <laughs> the uh, 1970s animated film is great. Yeah. Um, is because they tried to make the Hobbit, which is nothing really like tonally, not like the Lord of the Rings at all into Lord of the Rings. Right. Yeah. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. So I, I, long story short, I have hope. I'm excited. The trailer was super fun. Um, yeah, next summer. Next summer. Next summer. Yeah. And you know what's wild is this film was shot back in like 2019, 2020. Oh, I believe um, it. Oh, I It's so been delayed it. so much for various reasons, you know, pandemic, lockdown, the new Mission Impossible movie, and Paramount not wanting to release two movies really close to one another because that would be bad, mm-hmm. which is very fair. Also, like the fact that it's been in this kind of post-production limbo means they have a lot of time to really finesse the edit. I mean, like everything everywhere all at once you know they shot that in like 2020 and it just came out like but they had been working on that script for like since like 2017 so you know it's like it's like a three-year writing process and then like a two and a half year post-production process right so yeah it's like or maybe a two-year post-production process so it's a i time with movies especially in the science fiction fantasy genre is very important and i'm very excited also the fact that the what they're doing they're doing something really interesting so they're releasing this movie Mm -hmm. and then in conjunction with it on paramount plus or maybe i don't even know if it's paramount plus but there's going to be a new tv show that's tied into it it's not a sequel but it's tied into the same world and it's and it's and it's another story that will that will continue 
in the same universe um, by a different director. Um, but I think it's really cool how they're like, let's not make a, let's not make like another, let, let's not make this the first of six sequels, right? Mm-hmm. Let's not do, let's not do that. Let's instead do a movie and then we'll develop a TV show simultaneously. They'll be set in the same world, use the same resources, but they're not necessarily related, which I think is really great because if one fails, the other still has a chance to succeed. That's true. And that's really smart. And I hope more studios do that with properties because it would be really cool to kind of be like, oh yeah, the movie is a great standalone entry point to the universe. And there's a TV show if you want more, right? Like, yeah, I I think that's kind of fun. Um, and also, like, I'm here for it. I'm here for more D&D adjacent media. Um, like, it's the kind of stuff that I'd one day hope to work on. Yeah. And it's the kind of stuff that I'm, I'm always curious to see pe- different people's takes on it. Because it is a really difficult thing to take on. And so, I'm excited. Um I mean, we're clearly excited. We've talked for 45 yeah, minutes about this. I know. We probably need to wrap this up. Yeah. But <laughs> I will say, I do want to sometime talk to you about um, how we feel about the ever-expanding universes of media. Um, oh, yeah. We should talk about that. Because like you, you are very excited about this two, these two things. And I immediately was like, okay, like that's cool. But like I, uh, I, 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 I don't know <laughs> if I, I can do another cinematic universe <laughs> um, yeah i mean everyone's everybody wants that multiverse money right everyone now, does which, everyone does yeah. you know it's it's interesting to to a certain extent yeah. i think for me it's it's more just i now have options to consume things that's fair that's fair i i guess it depends on how much of a completionist streak you have in you but oh i don't <laughs> I do. Uh, Which I think, yes, which which, to that, I think that is exactly why it probably exhausts you because that is a lot of media to consume. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah. But hey, I'm I'm excited for the future of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm excited for this movie. You know, honestly, it makes me want to play D&D, you know, which I think like, you know, that's ultimately what Hasbro wants, right? They want you to watch this movie. They want you to get into D&D through this other avenue. Yeah, but also it looks like a lot of fun, and I have noticed a resurgence of movies that are just plain fun since like 2021, and I think it's really good that we're kind of at that point with movie making again, because there was definitely a period where movies were taking themselves very seriously, and I didn't necessarily like it. Um, so I'm 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 hyped, and I'm glad you're hyped too. I am looking forward to it. <laughs> But we we got it. We got to go. We got to yeah, go. Yeah, it's... we got to go. It's uh yeah. Well, we've been talking your ear off, but we'll have a link to the trailer in the description. Go watch it for yourself. And maybe don't read any other media about it until the movie comes out. Uh try not to get spoiled cuz uh trailers these days like they have to show like 70% of the plot. So like and by the end of it they're showing like 90% of the plot. So like, you know, Maybe only watch this one because it really, I'd say it probably is going to give us the first, this trailer probably just shows us the first 20 to 30 minutes of the movie. And it's probably going to be like a, like a two hour ish movie maybe. So just yeah. watch this trailer. Don't watch anything else. And with that, you can follow the show at Dane and Derek everywhere. 
And you can see what movies I'm watching on letterbox.com slash Derek Aiello. And you can also find links to my work there. Um, you can find what I do at danewrites.com. Uh, there's a link out to a Substack where I post writing pretty re- regularly of various kinds. Um, there's links out to old podcasts of mine and music of mine. Uh, there's a defunct Twitter. Well, it's not defunct, but there's a Twitter I don't use, which I will probably be replacing with an Instagram soon because. Oh my goodness. I know. I know. I just, I, I need to be like a real person on the internet now for professional reasons. So uh, yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Well, also, if you're craving more Dungeons and Dragons adjacent content in media and art and work, you can follow both Dane and I's other actual play shows, which Dane's show, Diceology, is currently airing the original level one podcast episodes yep. following the adventures of the secondary heroes. Yeah. An incredible, lovable band of folks um, played by Dane, Will, and Taylor, and GM'd by Sam in the first season. Yeah, for the f- yeah for a a little under the first half. Yeah, first 20, 20, first twenty full episodes are Sam, um, and then for reasons, uh, Sam takes on a the player a player role, and I become the 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 dungeon master for the rest of it for yeah. like the f- following thirty ish episodes, I believe. Yeah, and it's a it's a true fantasy adventure romp if you're into yeah. that. Um and so that's currently re-airing. It's it's really fun. Highly recommend you listen. And also you can go listen to Dice and Pizza, which is my show that I GM um that has my friends Maya, Justin, and Kyla on it. And we are by the time this airs, I think we have our first complete mini side quest mini series. That is complete, and you can listen to it in one go. Nice. And yeah. Uh, and then we also have a main story that we're getting back to. So, but yeah, lots of fantasy media from these two boys here on this podcast. <laughs> That's uh, true. So yeah, go watch the trailer, go listen to some actual plays, go play some D&D with friends. Thank you all for hanging out with us this week. Catch you later.